Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Kate Burgess. Vietnamese food. I'm just going to let that sit there for a second and let you think about it and what it means to you because if you have listened to our previous episodes, you would know by now that I am such a foodie. I travel to destinations based on the cuisine. I travel because I want to learn about the local produce, how to treat different foods to get the best out of them, and to try things that I know that I would never be able to get in Australia. So you know that when I say that Vietnam was my favorite country I have ever been to for cuisine, that it's damn bloody good. And excuse the Australian colloquialisms, but it's seriously the best and most blunt way to get my passionate point across. Vietnam, I found, just have this incredible ability to get their food to taste fresh, spicy, tangy, with lime and fish sauce and chili, and it's just magical. And honestly, we have to get to our guest because otherwise I'll sit here all day and name Vietnamese ingredients that I absolutely love. Hue joins us again to talk about her experience in running cooking classes in Vietnam and the traditional foods of central Vietnam. Hope you enjoy. Hi Hua, thank you again for joining us on Low Season Travel Insider Guides. Thank you, Kate, for having me here. Um, okay, firstly, are you ready? because we are about to squeeze one of my favorite subjects into a small little episode about Vietnamese food. So I just want you to be prepared for my onslaught of saliva and passion. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to talk about Vietnamese cuisine uh, from bottom of my heart with all of my passion uh, about Vietnamese cuisine. <laughs> Amazing. So firstly, I would love if you could talk about the little bit of a difference in food throughout Vietnam. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of pho, of banh mi. Not that they're saying that they're not delicious and people shouldn't try them. They definitely should. But today I want to explore a little bit deeper about things that may have not heard about. So when in central Vietnam, other than those fantastic foods, what are the true delicacies? What are the dishes people should truly be trying? Yeah, so uh, the food in uh, region Vietnam quite different from the north, the center, and the south. So uh, in central Vietnam, we use a lot of spicy. So it's uh, the flavor is more um, quite hot and spicy. And we use so many different kinds of seafood inside because we uh, live near the beach. So like, um, you know, uh, famous in uh, Hoi An is a lot, right? So, uh, but... Um, in Hue, this really famous for royal cuisine because it's like uh, have a last dynasty in Vietnam there. So the food in Hue really delicate, and they so, famous. Sorry, what do you what do you mean by royal cuisine? Like um, because uh, royal cuisine because Hue is a former uh, capital of Vietnam and they have the last um, royal uh, dynasty there right so um the sometimes the, the master chef in Hue they they cook is really the way they cook is really delicate uh the food is really amazing and Hue is really famous for 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 cuisine and for food there 
um, and also Hui An as well, the midst of um, um, the uh, cuisine of um, uh, Indochina of Vietnam. So there are some uh, uh, dishes that you can find in central Vietnam, but you cannot find in the north or the center. For example, pho is original from the north of Vietnam, but you can find it everywhere around Vietnam. But for example, like cao lâu or mì quảng in Hoi An, just only in Hoi An. And uh, bún bò Huế in Huế is really good in, in Huế. So bún bò Huế is like kind of like um, a chili hot beef noodle. Yeah, so um, that is um, uh, really good. And then uh, in uh, Da Nang and Hoi An, they're famous for Mi Quang, which is also the same kind of noodle with pho, but they use uh, like turmeric uh, chicken broth and have some brown rice cracker uh, inside there, eat with the veggie. They don't have a lot of broth, just a little bit. Uh, so it's like kind of noodle salad. And then they also, uh, Hoi An have Gao Lo. Gao Lo is like um, original from like 16th century and they also made from uh, uh, rice noodle, but the way they cook it different. So a different kind of noodle. And then they also have like uh, the uh, broth uh, with uh, marinade pork, rice cracker and eat with the uh, vegetable. And then, um, uh, in uh, Phong Nha, in my hometown, we have some uh, uh, like, you know, uh, yummy food, like we eat a lot of seafood and um, uh, my favorite is like corn bánh canh noodle. It's a different kind of noodle. It's like a uh, different uh, noodle from uh, uh, did, um, uh, province. And then um, has some dumpling. Uh, we uh, wrap in the banana leaf and steam that or fry that. It's really good. Um, and then some salad like papaya salad or green mango salad is really good. I think as well, the amazing thing about Vietnam is that with the food as well, you don't have to be going to a fancy restaurant to try the best of these foods. You know, sometimes the best food is that one little nook in the back corner of the market and it's got a queue of like 50 people and it's so unassuming. And I think that's the amazing thing is that this food is on the street. It's, it's everywhere and it's so accessible to everyone. When eating in Vietnam, do you recommend people trying a different range? Do you recommend them just going to the markets? What do you think is the best way to truly experience that food? Yeah, I really agree with you that like the best food in Vietnam when we come from the street and from the market. I, because the, uh, the food is really good is not because that the... Uh, uh, is like the name is good because of the people who cook that. So like if the people in the market, like some lady, they have cooked that for the whole of their life, like 20 years, 30 years. And from the street food, they do that for like, you know, like, uh, like their careers. So the way they cook is uh, really passionate, is uh, really good, really skillful. So make the food is really yummy. And then like um, uh, Vietnamese people, we love to uh, eat in the street and market and talk with each other like that at the start of conversation there and also the way of socialize as well. So it's really like part of the culture. Uh, for the restaurant, like for the people want to have find more table with more convenient and like kind of fusion or uh, yeah, for like kind of premier experience. Yeah, so, but I do recommend go to the market first to eat the food. 
And if I can chime in with actually one of my recommendations is that a lot of these marketplaces have images of food and they often have an English menu as well. And one of my favorite things to do in Vietnam was actually say no to the English menu and just pick something completely random, have no idea what's coming out onto my table, have no clue what's in it. And those were some of my favorite dishes. And I wish I could sit here and recommend them to you, but I just pointed to something on a menu and I said this. <laughs> Yeah, I really agree. I mean, like, you cannot have the bad meal in Vietnam, right? So you don't yep. really care about the feature. Uh, whatever you order, you're going to have the best meal ever. So, yeah, just confident to order whatever or or just ask the local uh, or look at the local people, what they are eating, and then I want I want the same. Yeah, yeah smart. Always look at the local people. What are they eating? Point. I'll have one of them. <laughs> And then we also tell about each other, like um, if uh, some like a uh, street vendor or where, where the restaurant had really crowded, that is like the best one in the in that area. So we just go there. Yeah, we also had a rule as well that, uh, as you said, you like to eat in the streets and things like that. So there's a lot of like little plastic chairs um, scattered around. And we said the smaller the chairs and the older the chef, that is when you are getting the best Vietnamese cooking. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And then we also like make fun with each other, like the lower chair, the cheaper price. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the higher chair is higher price. So it's me the higher chair in the restaurant or something. So we just say like that. Easy, a simple solution to figure out what kind of food you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have worked in Vietnam hosting cooking classes. Um, and I know that they're a really popular uh, tourist activity to do. So could you tell us what an experience is like to as a tourist in one of these cooking classes and what people would expect? Uh, yeah, so I uh, first started my old cooking class when I was a student in Hanoi capital. So at that time, I uh, provide really authentic cooking class with the locals. So I bring the guests to the nearby local market and then show them the ingredients we're going to cook and then um, like, you know, um, uh, you have them to uh, know about the local uh, spicy and herbs that they don't have in their country. And then uh, they're going to have really beautiful picture with the local uh, as well. And then I uh, bring uh, them to my uh, place and then we start like doing food and cooking together and start talking uh, about everything. And they really love that because it's really authentic in local small uh, old building in Hanoi. And then, yeah, uh, um, uh, they, uh, they, they like that. Um, but when I moved to Hoi An, I do uh, so many cooking class with different place. And then we offer different um, experience. So of course, we're going to bring the guests to the local market, show them the um, amazing fresh uh, food and colorful, uh, spicy and herb, everything. But we also compile some activity like uh, ride the bicycle around the battlefields fields as well to go to the, the place or restaurant or like uh, stay on the boat. Um, to have the fresh air from the river uh, to go to the market and or we uh, bring them to the uh, water coconut village and they're going to stay in the water um, uh, bamboo boat uh, to visit a rather uh, water coconut village a little bit and then come back to doing the cooking class over there. So um, really combine different activity in the cooking class, but it's end up everyone is happy because they have the uh, full belly. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome though that you you know you're teaching them not just how to cook but about 
you're taking them to the market and showing them the different foods and it's just so much more than a cooking class it's really and and as well interacting with the local people absolutely love doing that so yeah I recommend anyone that that wants to learn about food and the culture surrounding that and meeting locals that they do a cooking class in that area yeah definitely so the French influence on Vietnamese food can often be surprising. You know, you find it in the pâté on the banh mi's and as well the baguette is used. It's such an interesting combination of food cultures with Vietnamese, I think, is so fresh and light and then French is just so rich and full. Do you see this French influence in central Vietnam? And if so, what dishes are we seeing it in? Yeah, uh, I can say that it by me is the most iconic French influence. So a lot of people call baguette, but in Vietnam we call by me. And like you know, original baguette is like have the like ham, cheese, or something really Western ingredient like that. But in Vietnam we use like we adapt with the local ingredients with fresh herb like coriander inside, cucumber, um, yeah, spring onion, salad, thing like that. And then uh, we have a different kind of uh, meat inside, chicken, pork. Um, yeah, um, beef and like even uh, sometimes we put seafood inside as well. And then the sauce is, is amazing. But we do have the pate as well. Yeah, to make it more like creamy and thing. And then I can um, see the the thing made the the, the bánh mi really well in Vietnam. That it the the baguette, the bánh mi is really crunchy. Like really, they they eat that really when it's warm and crunchy. So it's like it's amazing. And then another uh, French influence, I think that is the coffee. You know, mm. of course, uh, the French people bring coffee in Vietnam in 18th century. And then like, uh, we don't use the fresh meal at the youth, we use condensed meal that our traditional uh, Vietnamese coffee, cafe soda. Uh, the, the reason why we use condensed meal because in that time, um, uh, fresh meal is quite expensive. Mm. So condensed meal which is like 80% sugar 20% meal so it's cheaper more economical but it turns out that it really match with uh, strong coffee in Vietnam because we drink mostly uh, robusta which is really dark and strong and it really match with creamy and sweet of condensed meal uh, rather than Arabica I'm gonna go better with the fresh meal. I mean it kind of makes sense because you're just adding the sugar within the condensed milk, people add their sugar anyway. And I know in the US they have half and half, which is basically half milk, half cream. It's the same thing. You guys are just saying, no, condensed milk has the sugar, it has a sweetness, it has a creaminess. Why would we use anything else? That's what people want out of their coffee anyway. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, I really agree with you about that. And then in the uh, in that time, they're quite creative about uh, you the yolk of egg. So we have egg coffee because of that as well. So we lack of meal, we lack of uh, condensed meal like that. So they just use uh, uh, the egg to make the cup egg coffee, and it turns out it's amazing and it's really iconic uh, coffee in uh, Hanoi right now or now they spread around Vietnam. I recommend you have to try. Yeah. yeah. So is that basically espresso with egg yolk mixed in is that what an egg coffee is yeah with uh condensed meal as well yeah wow and is the egg yolk it's raw i imagine i know that seems like a dumb question (laughs) it's raw yeah yeah interesting so does that add like an extra creaminess kind of thing what what texture is that adding 
uh, as you say, it's like uh, creamy, uh, like, like you eat tiramisu, but you drink coffee mm. like that. Yeah, so, you know, um, uh, so it's, it's fresh or strong, uh, a robusta, right? And then a layer of uh, condensed milk, and then you you um, uh, make the raw yolk of egg inside there, and then it's like farming, creamy, sweeting, and it's like, yeah, so nice. It's like a, a cake in a drink. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why. So breakfast, lunch, dinner. Give me your best Central Vietnam food recommendations if you, if, if someone to follow for three meals of the day. <laughs> so I see my uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner in Vietnam quite similar. Uh, if you eat out in a restaurant, so it's like bánh mì, pho, noodle, uh, on that kind of thing, gonna be like we eat any time of the day. Um, so um, I would recommend have the um, bánh mì or noodle in the morning and uh, lunch time you uh, uh, I mean when you eat out you can eat some like if it's hot weather you eat some salad like green papaya salad spring roll fresh roll so it make, it's not hot uh, and uh, uh, nice during the day but in the dinner you're gonna have like really some um, authentic Vietnamese food like um, pork caramel in clay pot or like, seafood or yeah uh, fish or yeah it's really like uh, um, pick an authentic Vietnamese food in, at the dinner. Uh, that is like when you uh, like at a tourist, but we are live at a family uh, in Vietnam. Um, dinner quite important. So we cook a lot of like uh, dish um, for the dinner and we share with each other. So dinner, like when we uh, see each other after a long day and talk and share everything. And yeah, so we cook a lot of different dish for dinner, uh, including soup, including uh, vegetable, including uh, fish, including meat and everything and dessert as well. So basically your recommendation there is to make sure that you become friends with a local so that you can go to their family dinner at night because it's just going to be awesome. And I mean, I feel like this is why I love food. It's that connection that you create with people and the sharing and the openness. And I feel like that's just something that brings us together. And, you know, despite those language barriers, we can all share beautiful food together. Yeah, exactly. I more than recommend that you make a friend with the Vietnamese family. So the it's going to change totally the experience you, you have in Vietnam because you feel part of their culture, part of the country, and then you feel you belong to there. So you feel really like like home and welcoming and uh, enjoy the delicious food with them. So yeah, it's better than you just enjoy by yourself in the street and look at the people. It's nice as well, but you just you try one single food at a time, but you you enjoy the dinner with with a local family, you you enjoy you eat many kind of food at the same time. Sounds like an absolute dream. So thank you so much for joining us today. Honestly, like (laughs) I'm sure we're going to go off camera and continue talking about this because during my quarantine, my one cooking goal was to perfect a barn me. I was making pork belly all the time, making pate, coriander, everything. So we're both in Melbourne at the moment. You're returning to Vietnam soon. So before you go, you have to tell me the best barn me place in Melbourne. You can try theirs. You can try mine. <laughs> and we'll see who wins. 
Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, for the Melbourne year, I recommend one uh, bánh mì called Bun Bun Bakery in Springville. Uh, even though I try many bánh mì in Melbourne, but I see that uh, the um, roast pork uh, bánh mì there is quite authentic. So, yeah. There we go. Little tip for our Melbourne listeners. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really lovely. Um, thank you so much, Kate. Hope everyone enjoyed uh, the sensational of the Vietnamese food that we mentioned today as well. Bye. Bye. Hua, thank you again for joining us this week and sharing your knowledge and passion about Central Vietnam. And don't worry, for all those out there wondering, we will be doing podcasts on both the North and South Vietnam in the new year. So make sure you keep an eye out for those. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family and social network. If you want to know more about these destinations, make sure you visit our website, www.lowseasontraveler.com. Keep your travel dreams alive and more now than ever, travel is better without the crowds.